Are you ready, Rob? Here we are. <laughs> and a happy new year. Uh, yes. <laughs> Mid-January. Mid-January. <laughs> so, yeah, we finally got back together, um, like a long-lost couple that yes, split up. We're I'll back together. I have missed you, Robbie. <laughs> we have seen each other, but we're, um, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back, really. It's um, mm. we've, we've had a bit of skeleton service over the Christmas, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just thought it's time to just slow things down a bit. It's yeah. ever consuming, isn't it? it, can, yeah. it can... I thought I had loads of time over Christmas. I had fuck all. So, yeah. you know, I, I there guess you go. Everyone's... We had 29 seconds on the F word. Straight in. Yes. Get in. I might just start off yeah, with a swear yeah. one every week. Just go, right, you're all cunts. And then we can start from there. Yeah. So um, it was a bit hectic, wasn't it? So it's good to mm, just yeah, uh, slow things you. down a bit. And, yeah. um, and in doing so, we um, opted for couple of albums didn't we that, yeah well one, one in particular that was going to be a little bit slower but um yeah we we, we decided just to you know because we wanted everyone to participate as much as they could but with christmas going on it's very difficult to so um just slowed it down just after the overkill one yeah so which we are going to talk about now we are we're going to crash straight through it because Over, yeah we've got a lot to get through tonight and yeah. it's already quite a late evening we're getting older it's is a it, sunday yeah? night yeah now. it is a sunday night year yeah. gone eh? yeah god, god. dear blimey go on then. here we go Overkill, taking, taking over. over. Craig Wilson, comment of the fortnight. Thank you very much for your comment, mate. I love this album. Stick some headphones on, crank up the volume, and then let the main riff of Deny the Cross take over. It rips your face off. Follow that with the destruction of the wrecking crew, which strips the flesh from your skull. Every song is a banger. I can't even pick my favourite track. When this came out, it was a genuine game changer. Bloody unreal live act, too, to this day. Certainly are a good live act, aren't they? Well, I've never seen them live. Okay. They will always escape me. Um, I don't know why. I should have seen them by now, and I'm desperate to. But, yeah, I, I like that comment. Obviously, he, uh, he was talking about some of the songs, he, he, you know, the really standout tracks from that album. And also, I quite like the idea of him saying, I can't choose one. Mm. I think he went on to say, there's absolutely no way I can choose one. Well, we had to go and choose one, <laughs> which he'd done really well. So I uh, appreciate that uh, for your time there, Craig. That was a, a really cool um, really cool little little comment, actually. I really enjoyed that. that and he good. must have been around when it came out at the time because he said yeah. it was Game Changer, did he? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I can't even pick my favourite track. When this came out, it was a genuine Game Changer. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a few fair, fair, few, fair years few years ago. Old. Yes. Lee Hammer Harris, who is vying for one of the you know the best names in the club. There's a Definitely. few with some pretty good names. Some pretty aren't cool. There. That Lee is Hammer a, Harris. Lee, I wonder if that is after because um, you seem to think he was a drummer. I you? think he's a drummer. See, that would make sense because uh, Filthy Animal Taylor had a song dedicated to him on the No Sleep Till Hammersmith album called The Hammer. There you this go. one's for Little Filthy, and I wonder if Lee's taken that kind of. He's a he's a Filthy Animal Taylor fan. He says, "Oh no." Oh ho, now we're talking. My favourite band. Not my favourite album by them, but still a stone-cold classic. Deny the Cross, Fatal Have Swallowed, Power Surge, just awesome stuff. One of my bands I used to scream for tried covering Fatal. One of, my, one of the bands I used to scream for tried covering Fatal Have Swallowed, but there was no way that I could even come close to Blitz's vocal. I'm going to have to sort my stereo out and get my vinyl spinning again. When I keep seeing all these classics popping <laughs> up, and gotten so used to MP3s, you forget the visceral and tangible quality of putting on a vinyl record. Something I can definitely relate to. I mean, there's nothing, to me, yeah. there's nothing. And I thought I had taken over on vinyl. Did you? I, th I really did. But when this was on, uh, the comment of the fortnight, sorry, Lee, to talk, yeah, not yes. Lee be listening, but um, he might be. No, I hope he um, is, yeah. 
I wanted to try and get hold of some more overkill because I do like overkill. Yeah, yeah. Not one of my favourites, but I do like them. Mm. And um, I've got uh, Under the Influence. Really good oh, to get yeah. Under the Influence on board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got Horoscope and a few others. And um, this one eludes me. I thought I had it, but yeah, yeah it's. it's it's definitely on vinyl. There's something for me, you know, whether it's nostalgia, mm-hmm. whether it's that physical, you know, actually being mm. part of putting something on and, you know, it's more of an experience, isn't it? I think what Lee's re- uh, sort of referring to there is the way it's recorded and the way he first listened to it was on vinyl. There's no way he could have done that on download. He hasn't been introduced to this band on this album yeah. through a download or an MP3. He has spun this on that and he feels slightly not betraying it but maybe if i'm listening to this it goes yeah. it, it's a vinyl because that's you know it's kind of like time capsuled in that way mm. but um yeah stone cold classic um but he couldn't match blitz's uh, vocal prowess in in the band well, not many <laughs> yeah i was gonna say if you... <laughs> even with his oxygen inducing uh, yeah uh... yes he's 100 percent oxygen that he likes to uh partake on stage or on the rider but yeah no he's well he's just i forget who who said it now um, was it? Um, oh, was it? So, so is the uh, the Exodus singer on his sort of um, YouTube podcast sort of thing? He was sort of like saying that all of the thrash bands that were big and are still big today have a very distinct vocalist, mm. and he sort of like went round through, you know, Killian, myself, yeah. Blitz, you know, and he's almost in that, you know, yeah, you can instantly tell who he is. So, uh, and not many people, I, I don't, I don't think anyone I know has covered an Overkill song. Because they can't, they can't do Bobby Blitz's voices justice. I think. Mm. Who, who who would cover Overkill? I don't know. There might be some of that kind of new, new new wave of um, thrash bands that came along, kind of ten, fifteen don't, years. I don't know because I, don't I wasn't brave enough massive, to do it. No. Yeah. Don't think they were brave enough to. Do it. Who knows? Tell us if you know. Yeah, I'm sure there is. Darren Jones, one of the greatest thrash albums ever. Gustafsson's guitar tone is mental on this album, and so far, Overkill in Glasgow back in March <laughs> is my gig of 2019. And that was early, wasn't it, in uh, in the year as well? So uh, that was obviously a, a classic gig. But yeah, the guitar tone on this Definitely. is biting and, and cuts you like a knife, doesn't it? Brilliant. Dean Hughes, great band with fantastic catalogue. Thought their last album, The Wings of War, was a stormer. Unfortunately, not a massive fan of this album, although it does have some standout tracks, my favourite being Wrecking Crew. Yes, I can relate to that, actually. Now, I think you can pick off the uh, the really good tracks and everything else is, okay, got all, sort of heading towards that really classic period. Yeah, I, you know I'm not a massive Motorhead fan. No, you're not. When I hear Wrecking Crew, it mm, reminds yeah. me, it just, I don't know <laughs> yeah. why, Yeah, it does remind me of, of Motorhead. It's definitely got a motorhead kind of vibe of that, you know, kind of road dogs, you know, we're, mm. gonna, we're just going to keep going. And that's kind of what Overkill like to sing about, isn't it? I think. And amongst a lot of other topics. Lot of other things. Um, I think there's a comment later that says this has still got, so, and I heard it straight away, is a lot of new wave of British heavy metal mm. kind of influences still in there. Because what year was this? Was it 81, 82, something like that? Uh, I'm going to stick my head out and say 87. I know, it's no? earlier than that. It's you think? got to be earlier than that. You're, you're, oh, Gustafsson had left, so... No, I'm going 87. You're going 87? I th- I'm, I'm going to go 87 and, and really look stupid, but... Um... We're, this is great podcasting. We are now researching here we go <laughs> here we go just for everyone here i'm, here, I'm gonna go 82 87 is it yeah march 87 bloody hell and it featured rat skates the, the, the drummer the drummer yeah 
I thought it was way earlier. It sounds earlier than that. Maybe I'm... Mm. What was the album after this? Under the Influence? Under the Influence. Because mm-hmm. that sounds light years ahead of this. They made a massive leap forward. Mm, they did. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah. Um, Andrew Barles. First five overkills... Over, first five overkill albums are essential purchases. That's it. Yeah. Fair enough. That, well, they're classic fresh metal, aren't they? So they would be... Chris Key, and it's good. The, the names that we're reading here are kind of almost like cemented in the club now. Yes, some of these people aren't they? The proper short interlude there. Yeah, but the, all the uh, the guys here are uh, are proper regulars, which regular commenters. Which really, really appreciate good. that. Yeah, so there's a real community, isn't there? Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolute monster of an album. Chris Key says one of the very very best. I saw them on this tour when they opened for Halloween Jesus. at Hammersmith, and they were superb too. That is a so was that what we were talking when we talked about uh, Halloween's album that that was maybe a um, a record company thing so both on noise or whether Overkill, Overkill were on noise but they were sort of were, advertised on were they we looked through the Megaforce the, they? yeah but they um, when we looked through the Halloween we went oh look in that sort of inlay where you oh, got the okay, list of yeah, albums there must and stuff. have been some must be some publishing deal or licensing yeah. thing or something yeah Matthew C G Green. One of the all-time great thrash metal albums. Every track is a winner. Every bloody riff is a winner. And in my humble opinion, they never bettered this one. Timeless. Wow. See, I would have thought it was the album after, but there you go. Difference opinion. And uh, and Matt is a is a is a proper thrasher. He uh, he contributes regularly. One, so that's thanks for that. That's a. I like I like people who do that. They sort of nail their colours to the mast. They, there's no getting. There's no. Are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> that's just exactly Every what I'm Every bloody riff is a winner. And from one season thrasher to another, yeah. Brian D'Andrade, probably their best album. I saw them open for Megadeth for this tour after meeting them at an in store. Some of my favourite kill songs on this one, like everything up until In Union We Stand, it just flows so well. Yeah. Now that. I understand what he's saying there. That's brilliant. And, and Brian judgment. I, I really trust his judgment on that. Um, I think he went on, I think Brian or somebody went on. I can't remember who it was. And they were saying about that the in union, we, is it in union with trust? In union we stand. In union we stand. That was the video for it. They made a video for that. Or maybe it was Dave Rowe. And he was saying in Johnny Z's book, there was a, a, a massive row about, because I think Overkill wanted Wrecking Crew to be the promotional video. Right. But for whatever reason, they went with that In Union We Stand. And it is a weird song to have a... It almost sounds like that United by Judas Priest. Yeah, do you remember that? I do. It's a little bit like that. So, strange one. Sean Harkin, fantastic album from my favourite band. Absolutely love it. And if anyone disagrees, then fuck you. <laughs> In reference yeah. to the EP, we're there hoping, we uh, as, as opposed to... But, um, yeah, again, Colours to the Mast, and this is a... And Sean was around at the time, wasn't he? Yeah. All these bands back in the day. Wow. George Nesbitt. George Nisbet, sorry. Stone Cold Classic. This was the album that got me into Overkill. I first heard the track Deny the Cross on the Friday Rock Show. There's another one for the Friday Rock <laughs> Classic. Show. Classic. Thank you, Mr. V. TV. Around the time the album was released, I was instantly hooked, and I've been a fan ever since, although I do feel Bobby Gustafson is sorely missed. Yeah, well, okay. I so feel that I, discuss. Yeah, I mean, I'm not not one of, not as big as these guys into Overkill, but they certainly can continued a heavy guitar mm. tone that mm. was there with Bobby Gustafson. Mm. You know, I mean, I know that the the sound changed very slightly. Like Horoscope is, you know, a different out al- yeah. different album yeah. entirely. But yeah, um, 
they still got crunching guitars that's or something. Like yeah, that. that real kind of clean, almost sort of you know bites you, doesn't it? You know, which I always feel, I always find funny because if a lead singer moves on to another band, yeah, like David Vincent, Morbid Angel. Okay, you know, yeah. he's now doing Morbid Angel stuff um, in one of his bands, and he's got his death metal band, uh, Ultimus or Vitmus, whatever they're called. Um, yet he's one person that was in a band yeah. yet they're still able to create a sound that was so integral to that previous mm, band mm. I do find it funny that that one person just takes seems to be able to take all those ideas yeah, like yeah. you know Bobby Gustafson was obviously the sound of Overkill yeah. yet that still continued and you know they were still able to sound fairly similar uh, yeah, weren't they? yeah yeah they still seem to carry it on I, I, mean, I don't know because you know H has interviewed both of them hasn't he uh, as in he's interviewed uh, Bobby Blitz and he's interviewed Gustafson yeah. as well and Gustafson he sort of like was he, he didn't want to leave the band almost he wanted to sort of like say look we recorded this album mm. I forget what you know, it must have been on the influence or something or whatever the last album was before he left and he said yeah it's one of our best albums we can push this forward and then sort of money came into it or so he alluded to it was strange wasn't yeah it? but I don't I, I mean he, here's a story is this and I have no idea but is this a way um, the Rolling Stones apparently what they do what they did on one of their albums is they just couldn't write riffs they were like we can't you know we're, we're playing classic songs and you know we're selling out stadiums but we just can't write anything so what we'll do is we'll rehearse and we'll invite young musicians in to sort of say hey, hey, you know, do you want to come and play with the Rolling Stones and of course any young musician going to go yeah me, of course, will. So they start playing away and go, Oh, we like that riff, let's develop that song. We like this riff, and then they just pay them, you know, and they say, Right, there's you know, however much it is, thank you very much. Release it as an album, and look, the Rolling Stones are back. Has that happened here where they've got, you know, do you want to join Overkill? Do you want to tour the world? Do you want one of the leading thrash bands? I'm, I'd imagine the queue is endless. They go in there, they want to impress, don't they? Chuck some riffs down, and and Bobby Blitz and there you and go, and go. Yeah. we got we got what we want I don't know I just no idea it must it must happen the Rolling Stones have uh, been um, doing it have they well they're cunts <laughs> we know that <laughs> but I don't know I don't know who knows who knows it's just I, I just think that, that kind of thing obviously happens certainly in the upper there's nothing to say why he couldn't because mm. although Overkill aren't the Rolling Stones they are certainly were back then a massive force if not still now they're still touring the world yeah if you are a young musician and you want to play music every single night and tour the world and overkill come and say look do you fancy coming to jam with us you're, you're thinking not going to turn it i don't think you are well i'd be very surprised if anyone would turn yeah. it if they had real ambition to do that and, and tour the world and that so 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 that was it really wrapping up um oh is there some more well there was are we not on to um do you want to go on to cryptics? No, no. Or the, the, if that's overkill, we can continue. I definitely. think that's overkill. I was just looking to see what the um, the comment of the fortnight, what, what it chose on the playlist. I think Wrecking Crew. I think it was. I was just going to mm, see. I think it was Wrecking Crew, which I think is the best song on the album, to be honest. That and Deny the Cross, I thought, are, are two absolute bangers. And I believe they're the only two that get played in the, in the set list recently as well. They certainly don't play that in Union We Stand. Which I think is a fucking bizarre choice as a video. Surely the Wrecking Crew would have been a better punchy, in it. Yeah. Yes, in one word, punchy. Anthony Sechnoy, Memories of High School. My introduction to Overkill. There was only one choice for my battle vest. 
I feel a battle vest show coming up in a future post. Yeah, <laughs> you're feeling it. <laughs> you're feeling it. We've often talked about battle vests, yes, haven't we? And vest. denims and well, leathers. I call him cutoffs. He's obviously American, isn't he? If he yeah. went to high school. And you know the fact that you can pretty much go online now and buy your battle vest. And, yeah, fuck you know. that. That's really But his dreadful. is yeah for anyone that hasn't seen the pictures. So he's got overkill. Um, Big patch on the back. Back patch. He's got um, Napalm Death, Anthrax, King Diamond, Death, Obituary, all the bands that you'd expect to see there. Yeah. Um, it's funny battle vests, isn't it? You, you, you call them battle vests? No, I don't. I'll just call them denims. <laughs> yeah, I've got them calves, yeah. But, um, you know, you see, like here, here, they're all bands that you'd expect to see yeah. on there. But then yeah. sometimes at these festivals, you're standing looking at, you're going Overkill, Anthrax, Poison. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, that's right. Status yeah. quo, you know, some, you know, not so much status quo, but you know, some bands you're thinking, how have they made it on yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, it, it's bizarre, really. Yeah, that is a bit bizarre, but that is a, a full-on thrashers cut off in it. You got that Motley Crue, I think. There's a Motley Crue one down the bottom. See, but if he's American, Motley Crue were fucking everywhere, weren't they at the time? And so. if you're around at that time, yeah, they're kind of, you know, the kind yeah. of mid '80s when Motley Crue were. Doing something Jeez, to challenge massive. thrash, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, they they were huge, weren't they? Yeah, and, yeah they, were they, they weren't cunts, though, but yeah. yeah, they were big. And they say that theatre of pain, they deliberately made it so there was two good tracks so they could get out on the road again and make money. Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, they... Someone said every Motley Crue album has two two good tracks. That's probably right. Yeah, I I struggle to remember reading that on yeah. somewhere. I forget what it was. I think it was a in Kerrang, like a biography of whatever. Mm. And they said, oh, yeah, we, we put um, Spoken in the Boys' Room and what's the Home Sweet Home one? Not Home Sweet Home. That's yeah. on Dr. Feelgood, isn't is it? Is that on Dr. Feelgood? The ballady one. Yeah. I'm on my way. That one. Whatever the fucking hell that one's called. And um, they said, yeah, we've done those two. We really took time over those ones. Those were the videos. We just put any other shit we had lying around, recorded that in a couple of days, and then back out on the road. Yeah. Snorting coke and shagging hookers and all of that other good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Dave Rowe, Melbourne mate. Great. Your old mate, yeah. yeah. Melbourne mate. Um, I can mention, should we just say why Dave Rowe's my mate? Yeah, go on. My, yeah, yeah, I think we've mentioned it before. Well, yeah, but you know, there might be a new listener here that's stumbled yes. across us. Uh, Dave and I aren't particularly, um, He's not we're not mate. mates. <laughs> we we are friends via the uh, yes. podcast and yes. I met Dave at an Anathema gig. He's a great member of the club and we yeah. communicate yeah. Um, amongst everyone on the club. Dave's he, he very, very you, knowledgeable. He might, he might call you his mate now. Very, don't know. He's, I'd like to call Dave my mate. He's yeah. a very knowledgeable metalhead yeah. and um, it's one good writer. Good writer, yeah, very good really writer. It's good to have him on board. So when yeah. we say he's my mate, it's um, a bit tongue in cheek because I saw him at a gig in London, Anathema, and it was um, good to catch up with him. It's always yeah. nice when you're out and about and you do see um, yeah, other members and yeah. if anyone is going to gigs you know let us know let, let it know on a on a on a thread yeah, on the yeah. on the on the group and you know meet up with as many people it's fantastic yeah definitely always up for that but anyway dave goes on to say great i can mention christmas on earth again it gets mentioned nearly as much as tommy vance christmas on earth yeah, it does great, play, yeah. what a, what a bill incredible uh early in my thrash buying life with only paper round funds i was desperately trying to get hold of albums by bands on the bill in kerrang was an advert for a tape lending library you paid a monthly amount to borrow tapes that were sent through the post taking over was in the list you could do a one month free trial so i signed up borrowed it taped it sent it back and cancelled my membership <laughs> i can vividly remember unwrapping the tape from its protecting mail pack and pressing play 
that wall of guitars and Rat's thunderous drums still get me and Deny the Cross remains my favourite Overkill song and this is my favourite album by then. I just finished reading John Zazula's new book which I highly recommend where he mentions he had a disagreement with Atlantic as they decided to film a promo for In Union We Stand whereas he wanted Wrecking Crew and I agree that this album might have done much better if they'd gone with his choice. There you go. There you go. It was Dave Rowe, yeah. Um, Jot that down. That sounds like a good book. Yes, I think if you go onto the thread, he um, posted the cover of it as well. And uh, yeah, Dave, um, Johnny Z is uh, obviously head of Megaforce Records. But, you know, isn't that interesting that Atlantic, who obviously stumbling upon Thrash, obviously hearing it coming up through the underground, and then they must have listened to that album and then gone, that in union we stand sounds a bit judas priesty it's not as fast as anything else on the album it's a little bit standout out there that's the one yeah. on a video and i i think it's i don't think it's shit but at the same time i would never think right i'm an overkill i'm going to be disappointed if i don't play that song no you know exactly. that's you know whereas if i go to an overkill song i want to hear wrecking crew and i yeah. would like to hear deny the cross as well although i think that one's been dropped recently but yeah so that, that was an interesting point. So thanks for that, Dave. And Edwin Gronvold. Yes, one of my all, favourite all-time albums. I keep listening to this one sometimes with years... I keep listening to this one sometimes with years between it, but always seem to find its way back. So it's one of those yeah. timeless ones for yeah. a lot of people, isn't it? Yeah, because it's stuck in that period, I think. And, you know, it could... You know, might be an entry point for a lot of people, so... And finally, Scotty. Oh, we haven't got... Oh, there we go. Cheers, Scotty. Cheers, Scotty. Yeah. Um, Happy New Year, Scotty. This Happy, one's just okay. And just so you know, Scott, I'm drinking tea. And I'm on the water. God, bloody hell. Sunday night. God, we're like Motley Crue here, aren't we? <laughs> What's the fuck? Yeah, you're cat, mate, but I'm not having that. I love the production. When I think thrash, I definitely have this type of production in mind. Good riffs and solos. I just don't really dig the vocals. Yeah. That's a pretty bad album cover also. It is a shocking album cover. Oh, it's fucking shocking. They're, they're all lined up with guns and that, isn't it? Yeah. That's fucking dreadful. It's awful. Who had come up with that idea? But they've got one of the greatest logos, I think, in... Um, striking, isn't it? That green overkill logo. Fantastic. Striking, yeah. That is a striker. So, that's good. Do they have that behind it as a drum? They, were, they had the... Um, overkill have the skull with the wings, don't they? I haven't seen them since... Mm, because I, did go. they sue Avenged Sevenfold? Or... Oh, well, there's... Yeah. I don't, I don't know, know about they, suing them. I don't know about suing them, but I know they're there pissed was, off. It was talking one of the podcasts, wasn't it, about... Mm, mm. And it's... it's. I mean, it's it's certainly similar. Definitely. But how could you pattern... No one's allowed to put bat wings on a skull. Don't know. Because isn't it in Hello from the Gutter video? Isn't there... Yeah, there's like animation of it yeah, flying yeah, around, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, but I don't think when I when I think of Avenged Sevenfold, I don't see them as overkill fans. I don't know. I think M Shadows, the lead yeah. singer, is a big thrasher. I might be wrong, but I think they are big, big thrashers, aren't they? And I, I'm not into them, and I'm not. You know, what about the guitarist Sinister Gates? <laughs> see what he's done there. I do. I it's do think called, they're properly. Do you reckon he's called Jeremy or something? I don't think Ron being called Jeremy, but Sinister Gates. Yeah. Maybe he's got a really. Sorry, go on. No, I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying I, I think they're properly into their metal. And I think they do get a hard time because they are this huge band. That are, no, they are massive. That, yeah. they're, they're, they're massive. And they're when they come out, they're a proper, they? yeah. you know, kind of hardcore, metalcore kind of mm. band that just 
found their niche and, and went with it because it made mm. them big. And mm. yeah, they're not my cup of tea, but they are they are huge, aren't they? Mm. And I, I do mm. think they are, you know, they like their metal. Well, if, if they, why don't they get overkill to support them then? That's what I would say. And why, then they could why do why a don't share the theatre to support them? It's not know. always possible, is it, these things? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> there's the double duties with the, uh, the drumming, but wouldn't that be cool? Avenger Sevenfold. We could leave tour, early. On, we could leave. We could, <laughs> we could hit the door early, uh, but overkill support, and then you could have both the skull, batwing logos on a money, T-shirt. Yeah, as in not like, fighting one another. And then overkill would make a few quid. M Shadows would get a bit of, um, you know, a bit of respect from the underground, and uh, you know he can. Um... No, that won't happen. Shit! Happen, so fucking it? what it's a shit idea. No, it's not... <laughs> <laughs> and tickets would like be 60, 70 quid. I love Overkill, but I'm not going to see Overkill for half an hour because that's all they'd get because them shadows would. Yeah, they'd have a three-hour show. They would have a three-hour show with lightning coming down through the fucking rig. So that was uh, taken over. There was obviously a hell of a lot more for taken over. 8.01. 8.01, so it made it to the Hall of Fame. And I honestly think that's bang where it is. As in, I know that sounds an obvious statement, but I think, yeah, it's about an 8. I think I gave it an 8 out of 10 myself, Um, but I don't think it's... I mean, a lot of people love that album, don't they? But oh, you can I, see from the passion in those comments. I just think there's a lot better from Overkill. Their new one, I think, is better than this one, to be fair. But, um, I, you know, I think that's where it is in their kind of... Mm. It, it showed massive promise. But still, I, I, like I said, I can't get away from the uh, new wave of British heavy metal influence that I think is there. I think they're still listening to Priest, still listening to Maiden, mm. still loving it. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but a shocker, shocker of an album. Shocker of a cover. Oh, fuck me. God, Jesus Christ. There you go. <laughs> it's not great. No. Anyway. Anyways. Yes. So a break from the album. We'll go into Thrash Island Discs. Yeah, Chris Gambold. Um, Thrash Island Discs. Thank you so much, Chris, for doing it. Uh, he uh, showed his um, thrash metal credentials here. Again, Certainly another did. mention for Dark Angel. Favourite album. Wow. When we do Dark Angel, it's going to go off. <laughs> But this one was Time Does Not Heal, so... Um... Okay, should we start? And then I shall do my thing where I comment about each one. Comment on Chris's choices. <laughs> well, he's... So, um, what, was, what was the first one again? Just for people... Favourite album, so... Outside Big Four. Yeah, outside the Big Four, favourite album, Thrash Band. So Chris went for Dark Angel, Time Does Not Heal. He said nine songs, he picked it up, a double LP. I think mm. he went to a uh, HMV in Guildford, possibly. And they didn't have an album, um, apologies, Chris, because I haven't written it down, but you didn't have an album that you were, were hoping for, but you saw Dark Angel, um, Time Does Not Heal, nine songs, a double LP, you've got to have it. You took it home, put it on, and a subtle induction is now, well, is now, was always one of his favourite thrash songs from the wow. first time he heard mm, it. Mm. That's, who else was doing that double album, nine songs, thrash? No one really, I suppose, at that point. No? I can't think of... Uh... Unless it's a live album, but then you don't get nine tunes on it, do you? No, no. Um, yeah, they're quite progressive, weren't they, Dark Angel, really? Mm. They were... Yeah, there was a lot going on. They just didn't always get their production quite right. But right. Then they were all a, a bit more about that kind of um, raw power, weren't they? Mm. And mm. just, you know, that beast of a drummer going absolutely yeah. crazy. Gene. And, you know, there was a lot more about them than just being you know, a polished, thrashing machine. Yeah. They were they had a lot going on. I, like I said, I think I've alluded to it before. If that was on your battle vest, 
you get high fives all the time. Well, you it was you knew what sort of person he was, or she was, you know, back, you know, really up for the sort of, like you say, the the uh, the deep end of thrash, yeah. if you like. You know, they 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 weren't listening to Master of Puppets every five minutes. They were into some, yeah, you know, next level shit, really. And I think just going on from what kind of you'd be getting high fives all the time if you had it on. You know, if you were if you wore a dark Tennessee angel t shirt. <laughs> if, if you wore a dark angel yeah, high five. <laughs> if you got a high five, uh, if you got a dark angel t shirt on a bloodstock or download, yeah. you'd get you'd get a lot of comments oh, from, yeah, definitely. from proper yeah. thrashers that would be like definitely. it's not your Metallica top, everyone, you know. Yeah. Absolutely. That, but yeah, they're definitely a, a fans band, aren't definitely, they? Definitely, definitely. Giggy wished he'd gone to, but didn't quite make it to. So he had the one that um, thousands of people did go to. The Wembley, the one that was at Wembley Arena. Wembley Arena, Sepultura at the Marquee. That was the Sonic show. 1989. Or, again, another Marquee show, Sacred Reich, a year later, 1990. Wow. He was just that little bit too young, so he didn't quite make it. Yeah, same. Yeah, exactly the same. So I can resonate with that. But as I've said before, I did actually go to that gig from now. From didn't, now, you didn't up and you didn't actually go to it, but from now, from now, I'm, I'm just I might as well. I mean, what like six hundred, ten thousand people apparently went to that show. I can fit into that ten thousand. <laughs> say I fucking went. Fresh album cover. There's another mention for peace sales, but who's buying? Okay, a classic, unforgettable image that I don't think Megadeth ever bettered. Definitely something about the colours. I think yes. about that. It's very striking. Yeah. yeah. Obviously the logo, the Megadeth. Yeah. Um, and Ed. Ed Repka, isn't it? The, Is that okay? Uh, yeah, the artist Ed yeah. Repka. I'm thinking um, he didn't really... Yeah, because that... And, I'm only uh, saying that because Chris has written that down. Thank yeah. you, Chris, yeah. <laughs> if anyone wants to give more information to make us sound more knowledgeable, that's more than I'm more than that. No, but now that. you see that, you do see that Ed Repka um, in a lot of other... Mm. Um, a lot of other colours. And, and the one afterwards, so far, so good, so what? It's shit. Yeah. And then... Um, I was going to say euthanasia. What's the one? That, Rust in Peace. Rust in Peace, of course. It's, it's bang on again. It's mm, that kind good of... Good colours again. Yeah. The, the blue. Striking. Yeah. It's pretty striking. Yeah. But then Killing of My Business, that was pretty shocking. When it was yeah. Thick. I, like I said, I've, I didn't read Dave Mustaine's book, but I listened to it on audiobook, and he did say that that was a massive fuck up. Mm. I think that was a little bit like Zentrex's where, where, uh, for Shattered Existence, where they produced like a, a concept, and Dave Mustaine kind of produced this concept. And then I think the record company went, well, we'll just use that because really? it's going to look far, it'd be far too much money to produce that. So, we'll so just, is that what happened with Zentrix? Like, just... With Shattered Existence, yeah, because yeah, they hate the cover of Shattered Existence, uh, or rather Stan does. Yeah. And he sort of like said, but that was our sort of mock-up drawing kind of concept. Oh, yeah, we'd like something like yeah. that with the Shattered order. And they went, oh, we'll use that then. And that's just, you know, just fucking yeah. get that on there. You know, it's a bit lazy because it's fresh and, you know, yeah. well, we don't give a fuck about it. But there you go. Uh, favorite logo from a fresh band? He went for Nuclear Assault. Another yeah. mention. Everyone like, like I say, nice symmetry to that one. Guilty Pleasure. Now, a band that I'd never heard of, and I'm sure quite a few people did, but they're a British new wave band from the seventies and early eighties. All right, called the the Sound. Oh God, no, no, no. very Cure, uh, very similar to the Cure. Um, okay, that kind of. Um, Goth, isn't it? Cute. Yeah, they've got. I've since listened to it. It's quite gothy. It's very, uh, very bass driven. Okay. Um, quite indie-ish, you know. But, okay. But still very much that new wave. Um, Fields of Nephilim and all that no, sort of not, girl. 
I don't know enough I'm about guessing, them. I'm guessing because I don't. Yeah, I, I don't know masses about them. But it's quite enjoyable. You know, it's quite yeah. good. I, I wouldn't say it's a guilty pleasure, Chris, because it's um, it's actually pretty credible. I think. You, you think know? so? Yeah, it's pretty okay. good. Um, but then a lot of people say there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. No, yeah, yeah, Even that's true. The kiss aren't a guilty pleasure. <laughs> they're in the ballpark of thrash, aren't they? They're not. You know, they're not. You know. They're not thrash metal. They're sort of rock, aren't they? We so... went into a um, yesterday. Uh, I took my, my my wife was away, and I took my girls. I pick a record up in my record shop in Farnham, and um, the record shop I go to. And my he's got posters all around, and there was a poster of Kiss on the ceiling. Oh, good. And um, my eldest daughter said, "Daddy, look at them. Look at their makeup." And the guy behind the till went, "Yeah, you want?" She said, "Oh, it's a bit scary." And he said. You want to see them without them? <laughs> yeah, that is quite scary, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, can I just say about Kiss as well, about you saying that you know not credible and all the rest of it, guilty pleasure. Um, different time podcast. Yeah. Paul, Paul podcast. He admitted on the last one. Have you heard the last one? Uh, the Black about, Flag. They're deep diving about Black Flag. Yeah. But he was saying about the Black Flag tattoo, you know, the four yes. kind of... He said yes. he went. He was going to get that as a tattoo. But this decided to get a kiss tattoo, which is fucking brilliant. I know. Imagine <laughs> that. You'd be forever kind of uh, have a credible tattoo, wouldn't you? A black flag one. Whoa, 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 whoa. Kiss is still credible. That's a great logo, the kiss logo. But yeah, but Danny actually, Danny different. Mm. He actually liked some of those albums of the kiss ones, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, when they deep dive, the yeah. So yeah, that's because nobody likes those albums. Even fucking kiss fans no. like all that. I'll get up. Oh, I fucking don't. Mm. Anyway, merch. He's not really big one for merch, but he did love his Beneath the Remains T-shirt that had Death on Death from the Jungle on the back. Oh, okay. Um, he, he he wore it so much that it just got worn out, and worn out, as they do those battle-worn kind yeah. of T-shirts. Yeah. And yeah, he doesn't have it anymore. Okay, that's a shame. Trying to get a, a, a reproduction of that. Somewhere, yeah. I'm sure. Well, you can. I mean, you can, but it's. I know, but it's not the same. Of course, it isn't. And you see the prices people are selling for genuine, genuine. I just get a reprint. To be honest with you, thrash personality, a proper personality. Not everyone's cup of tea, but Paul Bailoff, an absolute nut job at the first order. Chris said, "Yeah, Um, we, you know, you've seen that tribute to him on YouTube, yeah, and it just he's a lunatic, a bad, and that must be totally unhit. When you go, when imagine going to some of those thrash shows back in the day." You just we wouldn't know what was going to happen. Gonna do? What's and he going to do? I think um, PD alluded yeah. to that at the show at Hammersmith. Yeah, and he, he said, said that just didn't. There was a real sense of kind of um, a bit of danger. Unease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sort of created this sort of atmosphere of danger and and recklessness. <laughs> just Which I don't think I've happened. been to a, a, a show. I don't think I've ever been to a. Maybe maybe a few of the shows back at the at the marquee in the early nineties yeah. when yeah. you you know you kind of think oh this a this a bit you know yeah like I mean even Exodus back then or Prong yes. you know yeah. there was a Prong show I went to at the marquee where I genuinely kind of but it wasn't it it, it wasn't for Tommy Victor kind of being a person no, yeah. it was just the show People was so mental it. yeah yeah but whereas I don't think I've been to a show where you've genuinely you feared for of, your life what's going on here you know yeah yeah um. I think I went to some like hardcore day, but that was mm. it was a fucking massive fight outside. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, no, you're right. They, um, but it, I mean, when I started going to gigs, it was all kind of we need to have proper security barriers and all the rest of it. Yeah. And I was hearing things from 
guys that have been going to gigs for like four or five years saying, oh, yeah, this is shit. There was a, never a barrier here yeah. and we could have done whatever we wanted, but now there's a security guard there that will punch your head in. And, yeah. you know, so I was sort of, you know, the next generation down, I guess. Disappointment. Disappointing release from a band that he loved and then they released something that he didn't love and it was Nuclear Assault with their comeback album, um, Third World Genocide. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I've so, not heard that one. No, neither have I. I think I, I couldn't tell you when it was, but uh, yeah, it, it just was not a patch on any mm. of the, um, you know, he, he loved era. their stuff. Yeah, the classic era stuff, and it just um, it just wasn't. But um, Openers Who Stole the Show and um, Warbringer. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. One of those American, I think they're American thrash band. Lenny Castillo. Castello, he Castello, loves them. He yeah. loves them, yeah. He's a big fan. Yeah, he saw them a few years ago supporting Def Angel, and he said they thrashed from start to finish. Whereas Def Angel, brilliant as they were, were more about drinking and having a good time on stage rather than removing your face at fifty paces. You have the right, you have the right to remain violent. And they've, <laughs> they've got a song called "Remain Violent." Um, so yeah, it's. Um, and I was going to play it to you because there's a riff in it that I'm going to see. I'll see if I can get it now. Actually, okay. we'd, we'd do it. It might not make great uh, podcasts. Shall I pause it while pause we find? Oh. Right. So this is Warbringer. Yeah. Remain violent. Good like riffing. It. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. It's got a good video as well. So this yeah. is the um, this is the band that Chris said you know stole the show from Deaf Angel. Got all the uh, all the trademark yeah. fashion going on. I like it. It looks a bit like Bayleth in this video, I don't know. Or the guy from Tankard. Very Exodus, isn't it? Yeah. But, but there's nothing wrong with it. But yeah. in a minute, there's a kind of a, a riff, a section, and I want you to see live on podcast. Oh, I'm going to cock it up. No. There you go. Ah. You think that sounds like that? I certainly do, don't you? Does anyone else think that sounds like I am the law? Well, wait that bit on again. Let's try it again. I I am the law. Yeah. Here we go. It's a great song, though. Yeah, it's good. It's a banger. All right, here it's coming up now. Yeah. Let's do it. Oh, yeah. Not a bad video. They're having a little yeah. crash around and there's rioting going on. Here we go. Don't fuck around in the world. I don't know. Don't fuck around in the world. There we go. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Give you that. The drumming oh, certainly. Yeah. Very I, just saw, I just thought. I just saw it did. But anyway, yeah. Again, another great uh, Thrash Island disc there from Chris. Yes. Thank you very much for that, Chris. I appreciate and, all your hard work on yeah. that. Yeah. And and for all your comments, really, with the club, yeah. Chris. It's um definitely um. Thank really you very helpful. much. Yep. So we're going to crash straight on into Cryptic Slaughter. Why not? Okay. little confession time with Cryptic Slaughter. Well, it... I have got a confession. What happened is I wrote Cryptic Slaughter down on the, on the list, and it came out the hat. And then Pete D done a... And then what I do is I always sort of like just hear the first song of the album that we've chosen. And I think I put it in, and for some reason... I got Crimson Slaughter, who are also a thrash band, and they're okay. And I thought, oh, you know, that's that's. I will listen to it when the club, t- you know, when the when the time comes for the club. And then Pete done 
the uh, PD done the uh, harking back feature where he looked at the records and he pulled out cryptic slaughter and he held it up and he said, oh, this is where municipal waste get all of their ideas from. Fucking brilliant thing. And he put it back. He did really quick. And I, and I remember going, oh. Anyway, so I, I forgot about it. And then I kept going and it was going to be Crimson Slaughter. And then I went, is that Crimson? And I looked back and it was Cryptic Slaughter. So I changed it and just threw it. And I went, right, okay. So I redone the album. And it was Convicted. And I, I saw the album cover and I went, that's the one Pete. I'm sure mm. that's the one Pete D pulled out of his collection. So I had a look and it was. So I mentioned it to Pete. And um, yeah, so uh, it was a bit of a, it wasn't going to be Cryptic Slaughter for a long time. Or was, then wasn't for a long time. And then right at the very last minute, I managed to pull it around so and, there you go and despite um it being skeleton service over christmas yes this, this still generated quite a lot yeah. of interest didn't yeah it? it was good yeah um it's very like it's crossover um yeah so shall we get and and because pd wrote a log and it's it's a it's a great piece so i i i think we should read it all out yeah. and make a comment in between really because it kind of sort of sums up the era and time as well and it also um and honestly, Pete, with friends like this, you don't need any enemies, is it? I mean, Jesus. So, PD, warning long. Probably longer than the album. Which it was, because the album's only about 28 minutes long. I guess the first time I was aware of Cryptic Slaughter would have been in 1986, when I read an interview in Phoenix Militia Fanzine, written by a very young Bill Steer pre-Carcass. And I was hearing little rumours of this incredible band from the USA, who were supposed to be even faster than Larm or NYC Mayhem, who was already well into via tape trading. Tape trading there. Yeah. Um, I got hold of the of a disgusting quality tenth generation cassette bootleg of their life in engraved demo, and whilst it wasn't as fast as I hoped, it had a clunky trebly racket with really pissed off vocals. I was hooked. I found out they had released an album, and it became something of a mission to get hold of a copy. A shitty tape bootleg would have done but nothing was forthcoming until a copy of the complete death compilation on death records. Metal Blade's supposed hardcore sub-label turned up in Shades record shop in Soho, legendary record shop right Absolutely. there. I bought it on the spot on the strength of the Beyond Possession tune, more of that later, and asked if they were getting anything else off this label, as they had some interesting stuff on there, and they said they were getting the DRI album. This would have been the first import of the original dealing with it and some other stuff in a couple of weeks. I waited more than a fortnight, but one Saturday, the delivery from Metal Blade arrived at Shades, and I saw it, like bloody Excalibur on the new in-rack. Cryptic Slaughter Convicted album for £19.99! <laughs> exclamation mark, exclamation mark. Uh, that was a ridiculous amount of money, given that most stuff in there was a fiver, and imports were generally about eight quid. I had a combo with one of my mates, who was also on the hardcore tip, and we agreed to split the cost and share it rather than just stealing it, which was really tempting that at that piss taking price should have should have nicked it. Mm. Not that I condone theft, but there you go. I think yeah, go on, go continue because I think something does happen. Yeah, it? we went back to my house and put it on. We both looked at each other and almost laughing and simultaneously said fucking hell as mad blasted out of the speakers. One minute, 22 seconds, and it was all over. Little World came on, and it was just as fast, just as sure. We must have played the album three times, top to bottom, before started arguing who was going to have initial babysitting rights on it. I taped it and let him have a go on the vinyl, which I never saw again. 25, 10 are down the fucking swanny, I don't know. I painted the back of his leather with the front of the album as well, which he said he lost, then borrowed my leather, 
which he said got stolen. Fucking clown of a mate. I found out much later that he'd flopped them and scratched up half his vinyl out of sheer neglect. Twat. Twatter Steel was going into shades the week after and seeing another copy on the rack for nine ninety nine. Cool. I complained about this, and my mate may not have uh, stolen, cough, and sought revenge. Anyway, I listened to that album, Not Stop for Ages, along with the first Septic Death album and the absolute outstanding, groundbreaking, and ahead of its time debut Beyond Possession album, also on Death Records. Convicted was raw as hell, with terrible production, and badly paid, played by 16-year-olds who were probably shocked that they'd been signed, let alone exported to Europe. But it was one of those albums that worked perfectly as a whole, like a noise on its own right, in the same way as the first Voivod album or the ENT split Chaos, U, uh, Chaos UK split I am so fond of. I still spin it from time to time and own it on vinyl, a blip the Metal Blade second press, not the death original that Matey ruined. There was something about the follow-up Money Talks in 87 that didn't sound, uh, didn't like so much. It was almost like they recorded it on the same budget and the same studio and hadn't realised uh, and hadn't progressed at all. The jar, that jarred me and I was hoping for an improvement, certainly a much needed beefing up of their sound, but it wasn't to be. And by the time they released Stream of Consciousness, I'd lost interest as the UK had caught up, then overtaken by the speed and heaviness stakes, and I was happily thrashing away to the early Napalm Death, unseen terror and heresy releases of late 87. So in summary, this was groundbreaking, but also somewhat unbelievable for the time, as no one thought they could play that fast and get away with it, especially with the guitar sound. It put a lot of people off. I remember Hardened Thrashers saying it was fucking shit, mate, because it wasn't heavy. And I guess that's where the line in the sand is. They are really similar to Larm in the respect, ridiculously fast for the time, but clangy, twangy production, almost like crass on the wrong speed, but with a definite nod to Kurt Berricht yeah, on the uh, tongue-twisting vocals. I love this album. It's definitely not to everyone's taste, and I'd give it a solid 8 out of 10. Yeah. And unfortunately, it didn't make uh, the Hall of Fame, did it? Didn't. It went sub seven. Yeah. But for all Pete's passion there, that's great. There was a lot of passion for those people that did comment on it. There were a lot that really, really liked it. Yeah. There's, I mean, and just to go, what I really liked about this was the way Pete kind of went, right, went to a record store, import. Remember, we don't get too many imports these days, do we? And, you know, 20 pounds in, what, 87 everything else so that would be like going into a record seeing something for like yeah 80 90 quid now ridiculous but you can you can picture it all can't you the, the, yeah the, we'll take this home especially as you've been to shades you know that yeah you can see it yeah, yeah. It's no incredible. it's fantastic it's so, the passion that you can feel there yeah i wonder if he still sees the bloke that that, that had it away hopefully not oh uh, yeah you know he had his had that away he had, had his, his leather jacket away. away and pete did the painting on the jacket i don't know Pete, what's going on? Anyway, so that was that was awesome. Um, and, but you and, touched upon the the speed and the. I mean, mm. it is a it's brutal record, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's not an easy listen, is it? It yes. is. It is if you're into that music. But I'm I'm not. I'm, I like a bit of crossover. You know, I, I like do. A, yeah, I love it. I, I love it. Like, as a, I like as a genre. A hardcore, yeah. But I, I wouldn't say I'm I'm particularly experienced in. I, I enjoy it. But when I heard that, I was like, "This is a different league." For me. Yeah. You know, I'm into the DRI kind of yeah. thrash zone and a bit of dealing with it and four of a kind and that. You know, the okay, yeah, the, yeah. the basic um, 
thrash and then uh, crossover and and then the big the big bands that we all know but some of this stuff well I, a I, lot more brutal i did i think i put in my review um that this really does sum up crossover because i like the uh the early early-ish no effect stuff like okay. the snm airways and stuff like that definitely can see that early no effects with cryptic slaughter Right. At the same time, the early Slayer stuff, the Shona Mercies and the uh, Hell of Eight, could see Crypt and Slaughter supporting them as well. Mm-hmm. No problem with that at all. So they are literally crossing over those two genres, yeah. which is what it's all about, isn't it? They were probably listening to both of those sort of bands. Mm. Um, but I've what I thought, and it's interesting that he's, um, Pete then says that the UK caught up with Napalm Death and Unseen Terror and Heresy is the drumming. I mean, I really criticised the drumming because I thought it was... I think uh, Branny as well comments on it as well, that it is fucking dreadful. And I I do think it is dreadful, messy and out of time, and it kind of falls out here and there and everywhere. Probably because I was 16 and, yeah. and didn't know... And, but it just sounds like, yeah, that'll do. We'll play it once and see where we go. Um, but he has that kind of where it's hitting like a cymbal and the snare, like, like that really, really quickly. But when you look, listen to Mitch Harris in Napalm Death, that, although a lot of that's earliest Napalm Death stuff is like that, it still has a lot of character in there and still has, you know, you can distinguish one song from the other. Whereas I think the guy from Cryptic Slaughter was just, yeah, just just do that. Yeah, if you're playing it live, you know, no one's yeah. going to notice when you're playing live. Uh, yeah. But when it's on record, maybe they didn't care because it's yeah, it's never going to be that polished kind of genre, is it? True. Let's go on to someone else's. Let's go on to Brian D'Andrado. Love this album. Classic crossover. Also really dug money talks. But after that, they lost it for me. This is one of the very few plans that I never got to see live. Unusual. Yeah. Mind you, that uh, when I reminded everyone, there was like them playing a someone's back garden. Mm. So if you didn't get into those back gardens, Brian, I don't think you probably would fucking see them. Your old mate, Dave Rowe. Oh, Dave. What a great choice Choice during Skeleton Service. I actually got into Cryptid Slaughter through the second album, Money Talks. I'd seen it failed in both the metal and the punk sections of my local record shops and made it a perfect sense when I heard it. Friend then take me convicted. I love the fact that despite being completely manic, you can actually hear everything being played. Never got to see them live, but would love to see Low Life, which is guitarist Les Evans and drummer Scott Peterson's band that played in Cryptid Slaughter. Quite tempered by pit quite tempted by pit fest next may but it's in the middle of nowhere i understand one thing of surprising note rob nicholson who played bass on the first three cryptic slaughter albums is ozzy osbourne's current bass player that is incredible isn't it from humble beginnings is that so you know but mind you ozzy ain't doing that i mean if if reports are to believe he's a death store and he was ozzy osbourne but have you heard his uh that song with elton did you no god no that really does make me feel quite queasy. Uh, I, 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 what's going on there? Yeah. Sharon Osbourne squeezing him out of money again. What the fuck? Was it? Is it like a? Is it like a Joanna-based one? A, yeah, a bit of a ballad. He does his bit, and then uh, Elton comes on and does his bit, and it's all about I'm not a bad man. <laughs> it's not. It's it's just, just a. It's going to appeal to a lot of people that are into, you know, not straightforward me. rock. But not me. You know, the Kiss fans and the Crew fans. It won't be the Kiss yeah. fans or Crew fans. That's so, sure. um, Rob Davies, another uh, uh, 
contributors. So thanks so much. All the people that, that went uh, who um, commented on Cryptic Slaughter was it was like regular, regular, regular. It was really cool. So I think thank Rob. You. Rob just had a tattoo done. He's got that's in his profile pic. Yeah. Who am I thinking has just had a tattoo? Oh, there you go. Yeah, can't really see it on there. Uh, it's so small. Yeah, it'll come to me. I'll, I'll I think Rob went to the Southampton Acid Rain show as well. I think he did because um, he mentioned also Chris Gamble's Sepultura gig. Oh, okay. When we said that, that's another gig you can say you were there. Like Sepultura, it's just legendary to say you were at the Sepultura, Sepultura show, show yeah. and also the Acid, Acid Rain Southampton show. show. Yeah, yeah. He, was he at that? Was he at that one? I think he was at. Well, unless he, I'm sure. Can you please confirm or deny? Yeah. I think Rob listened, so he might yeah, do that. Cool. Okay. Uh, I am completely unfamiliar with Cryptic Slaughter, so I thought I'd give it a go. Started out with some promise, but then I heard the drums on Sudden Death. Lots of laughing emojis. Mm. It's absolutely laughable, like a hardcore version of Bad News tour. I gave up soon after. Ah uh, well. And I know PD was. I mean, we're in such a, a nice place with the club that we can disagree totally. Yeah. Um, but I think Pete D really does feel like, not to defend the band, but he thought like, no, come on, they're 16 years old. They've just been signed. They probably didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Mm. The producer, who was probably, you know, didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Um, so, you know, just give them a break. And I, I am, but I just think it's a cardinal sin that, you know, he pretty much dropped a drumstick and left it in. <laughs> it, was a, it was a bit sad, but... Um, there you go. So shall we do last? Uh, I think there's a couple more. Um, uh, Mr. Neil Brannigan Fuller. He doesn't get. He doesn't really comment much, does he? No, he doesn't. He's, he's nice. Quite, nice that he's made the effort. It's nice that he has made the effort. He uh, so didn't hear convict until uh, a good few years after it was released, maybe late '89 or '90. I guess as I started getting more into heavier music and a bit more diverse, after picking up the DRI thrash zone and getting more into the Birmingham scene, getting pissed in Costa Mongers every Saturday <laughs> and talking about... That sounds like a place. Like, yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, and bands like Napalm Death, Benediction and Cerebral Fix and understanding what influenced them. A bit broader than my pure thrash upbringing, so the older guys I used to drink with gave me some drunken recommendations. Still happens. PD sent me off with homework to broaden my knowledge after Wolverhampton and Scarborough, as well as the shit ones like EMF and Pop Will Eat Itself. Thanks, Tony W. Tony W. Uh, Tony W. I also gave, got given a host of old school stuff to go away and find. So bands like Crass, Anti-Sect, Crumb Suckers, Gangrene, Discharge and loads more. Cryptic Slaughter were one of these bands. So after a trip to Coventry City Library, I went home with a rented copy of Convicted on Vinyl, slapped on the old C90 and recorded the album. I was only home for a few days, so didn't think I even listened. Just slotted the cassette into my Walkman and left my dad to return the album. So sat on the train back to Andover. This was played and rewound and played again. And I absolutely love it. It's got the fine mix of punk thrash and even a nod towards grindcore. It's fast as fuck. A bit sloppy in places, but a really well-recorded album for its time. You can actually hear the instruments, especially the bass, and Bill Cook's demented hellish vocals just held the whole thing together. Sudden Death, Low Life and Rest in Pain are for me the standouts. Well worth playing again. At some point, the cassette got eaten. I hadn't listened to this for ages. I just ordered the vinyl from Discogs. Thanks. It's a solid eight for me, just because of the influence it had on bands I love. Mm. So that's... Uh, and, and and Neil does that sometimes, doesn't he? He he 
he, he buys pretty much everything. He, he forgets yeah. what's happened and then he goes, uh, oh, oh, bollocks, I've just ordered three or four apples. After having a few IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> And he uh, and he gets it, but again, that's uh, you know going back to the tape trading and the recommendations and the pure underground. It's something pure about that, isn't it? Listen to this band, yeah. and then they, like, and then Neil would then go listen to this band. That's how it, you know. Um, who said that? Oh, fucking word of mouth is the best thing to do anyway. Who said that recently? I can't remember who said that. Someone on H's podcast. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay, I think so. Or yeah, mm. uh, yeah. Um... Was it John Derry? When they were... It was the two guys that he interviewed for the, the um, yeah. Gully and Joe. Julian Joe, yeah. And, um, yeah, he said... <laughs> I don't to be impressed. No, 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 I'm not doing it. He said, um, yeah, word of mouth is the best way to get you. Yeah, it was definitely that. Yeah, definitely. So that, um, sorry, mate, just going back to that. It's, I, I know I'm, yeah, I'm very much of this. It's almost like providing a historical service here because mm, mm. Um, you get to he- hear experiences from other people where they were around the country and it's almost putting it all together like uh, Neil talking about Coventry and in mm, the like, late mm. 80s and what the scene was like there and then Pete talking about the London scene and when Pete you talk about going to see Napalm Death in mm. squats and yeah and it yeah. you know these are things that you're never going to get to hear about yeah. unless you talk to so yeah. sharing it is it's amazing yeah. i really love reading all this stuff yeah and i know that's very oh, oh i really love it but it is it's really quality yeah. that people are able to share their experience so we set the club up definitely fantastic and last on cryptic slaughter mr darren rob who probably listened to this on a run let's see if he if he mentions that right i'll throw my hat in the ring here overall i really like it despite the terrible production in saying that the shit quality sounds uh, sort of adds to the charm and suits the music. It's probably bloody fast and shouty. Staples of this crossover stuff at the time. Richly mentioned DRI, and I agree with him, but you can't take anything away from Cryptic Slaughter or Septic Death. These bands were really pushing boundaries. As an aside, Convicted makes you run really fucking fast. There you go. Got a PB out of the album. <laughs> well done there, Rob. Darren. Keep treading the... Uh, treading the... Oh, we've got, some, we've got a couple more as well. Um, just very very short ones uh, Cy Cobb who I, I have to say sorry to Cy I'm dreadful with names I didn't know who Cy was until he uh, he put in that he, he compares the Bloodstock stage and he, he fronts Annihilated well I had done I just, and Son of the Endless Night uh, yeah I just didn't know any of that so mm. and I should have done but um, so I can't believe he's in there. I didn't know he did the Bloodstock stage. Yeah, he said. Well, I think he was uh, talking about DA actually, and he was saying, "Oh yeah, they were really good at down." When I when I introduced them, I was oh, like, right. oh, fucking hell. Um, Psychob. He also does um, Thrash Island Discs. Yes. Next week we're going to cover that in uh, the new podcast. Yeah, that was a brilliant read. Banger. That was a brilliant read. Really good. Um, Psychob loved it when it came out. Raw as buggery, but awesome. Number nevertheless. There you go. Nevertheless, yeah agree with that and then rich was quite an image so raw is buggery <laughs> yes <laughs> but that sums up the the, the sound i think it's me. pretty good could uh you know when you get buggered by that that's yeah. uh, that's what we're talking about and then richie smith good album but personally dri dri were a better band beefier riffs and much better lyrically so thank you for that richie thank you for all the comment that was skeleton service but it like, took us through the skeleton service yes. quite nicely didn't yeah, it? yeah i i didn't want to close the club complete, no. completely 
Um, so it was nice to have, uh, and I didn't want the same thing as stamina where we closed it a week early either. Mm. So uh, that was a nice sort of a nice little bridge for us to get over that. And everyone that contributed, I really appreciate that. So yeah, kept me going over Christmas. That was good until the new album came out, which was Death Angel Follow Through the Park, which Follow we're on for a few more days. And then we will talk about that in the yeah. next podcast. So that's all the album's releases gone. Cool. What so, are we doing now? Well, what, what we were due to do was meet up in between Christmas and the New Year, yeah. or just before, but the Slayer podcast was such a bumper one, we didn't even finish half the stuff that we were going to do true. with Joel McIver. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a little scratching going on in the corner yeah so turn it in with you yeah we didn't have time to meet up and we've kind of because of that we didn't do our top tens now i know we're midway through january we are uh, <laughs> we people aren't interested in our top tens but to me and to you i think it's it's, it's good just to would, would should we rattle through them i think rattle through them and say what they are okay right so, do you want to go do you want to go backwards and flip yeah, yeah yeah i know it's january and the year is gone but yeah 10th okay. place for you Cynthia Cynthia for me yeah oh, okay yeah, cool. yeah an EP but an unbelievable EP. long yeah it was quite a long EP though wasn't it so let's say, you imagine, say it's a mini album imagine if that had been an album mm. where it had been would it you know if it's an EP on the top 10 if it had been an album of that quality mm. of that consistency mm. of those five mm. songs which I think two are instrumentals anyway yeah um could have been even higher an unbelievable technical thrash album that i'm yeah, mm. looking forward to see i'm just hoping that we get to see them live as well i don't think they're like thrash though i think they're more sort of they they have a thrashy element and then they have a threat they have like a progressive yeah and then they have a you know a slightly more sort of commercial yeah so they could go in any direction really so and we spoke to the smells like cat food mate <laughs> Um, and then it, but then we also uh, got the um, when we pulled up at Bloodstock, the guy who we parked next to had a Sin yeah, Theatre, yeah, yeah, awesome. from Newcastle. No, no accents, but yeah, Sin Theatre. Yeah, um, you already talked about that trains one getting lynched. No, it's um, it's melodic, it's aggressive, it's mm. it's epic in parts, great sound, yes. well produced, yeah, great vocals as well. Um, just gonna have to just maybe pause it for a minute while I sort this out. Right. So Cynthia, Cynthia, yeah, um, number nine. For me, it was Opeth. Okay. What was the name? Of, I can't remember the name of the album. Incorda Venenum. There you go. Or Venenum. Yeah. Yes. Great. See, I like that one. Really progressive, obviously. Um, lots and lots going on. I still can't listen to it all the way through in one go. There's so much going on. There's a lot. I just got to pause there. it and have a yeah, have a breather and go back to it. But I, I genuinely do like it. Some of the riffs are fucking brilliant. Great. Was your nine? I went for a German black metal band, Imperium Decadence. That sounds like a German <laughs> black metal band. Um, I, I quite like. I'm not massively into black metal, but I like a lot of black metal. I like um, more modern black metal than the kind of traditional, you know, hellish uh, okay. early kind of. Do they wear corpse paint? Uh, I don't know. I don't... I don't. Oh. Some of that ain't necessary, is it? It's more post-black metal, so it's more kind of a modern take on it, with a little bit more going on. There's a little bit more on emotion, a little bit more maybe more um, instruments than just your standard stuff. So there might be a piano, there might be other vocals going on. There's a little bit more kind of um, outside influences, shall we okay. say, than just a straightforward kind of traditional black metal. 
and um, no, really good. Loads of loads of stuff going on. There's strings in there. Um, yeah, just a really good harsh at times, but really beautiful at times as well. Awesome. Number eight for you. Well, I I don't know whether this was released last year. This could be Stewart's Inquiry, but I like Rainier Fog by Alison Chains. Yeah. Really cool album. There's, uh, but it might have been. But I started listening to it. it, it you know, obviously I bought it. And uh, well, we saw them this year, didn't we? We did. That was in May. That's in yes. May. And I think I think it did come out in did 2018. It? Okay, we'll, we'll allow it. Yeah, anyway, of course. Yeah. Um, but I really like that track seven. I'm not sure what the name of the track, but soloing on that, his guitaring is brilliant. Um, Jerry Cantrell is just such a good guitar player. Just you can tell instantly it's him, and he's got such a cool style. I love it. I think it's brilliant. No, it's it's a great album. Mm. Good album. Saw it yesterday in the record shop actually. Did you? Said, oh, do I get it? But no, it's a good album. You didn't. You didn't. I didn't what get did, it. What did you get instead? I got Downfall of Gayo post black metal band. <laughs> good, good. Um, I went for Damnation's Hammer. Number eight. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. A band I knew nothing about mm-hmm. until Bloodstock Festival yes. when we stumbled across them after standing watching Soulfly for longer than was anyone should have to sit and watch. I enjoyed Soulfly, but yeah, I could tell I preferred we were going to sing Damnation. And we walked over to the Sophie stage and they were in there and it was just like, a, what is this? It was mm. just a wall of yeah. just metal, really. It was unbelievable. Loads of riffs, obviously, and just a real good, solid sound. Neil, and the album is just exactly like that. Neil just, Bolton front and centre for that one as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he's, loving it. He's a fa- he's a friend or a, a fan yeah. as well. No, really good, really um, really interesting. Just crushing, crushing. Yeah. I think doomy, yeah. yeah, thrashy heavy metal. Suited Bloodstock down to Definitely. the ground that one. Yeah, right. Number seven. Number seven. You're gonna have to help me with the pronunciation on this one. Uncultured as I am. Oh, that's Kiss. It's not Kiss. No. Yeah, they, didn't release, they haven't released anything since the 80s. They release something every month. <laughs> Some kind of merch. <laughs> yeah. Something's well, yeah. available for Yeah, them. something that's like five grand to fucking yeah. buy, yeah. But it ain't Kiss. Un-misere. Un-misere. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You said yeah. it. Un-misere. Un-misere. Really cool. Um, I, I, now, did I... I think I asked Tim Finch and Cat Finch from Razor's Edge Rocks to just say, look, send me one. Just send me any one you like, and I'll I'll review it. You know, as a bit of a lucky dip. And they sent me this one. And what I like about this, it's straight up riffs, massive sound, and a screaming vocalist. It ain't it ain't rocket science. Yeah. It ain't gonna change the world either. But it's just it just cruised along, crushed along. Just thought this is a this is really right up my street. I did listen to it. It, it, it was mm. pretty brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very brutal, um, but you know, not the most brutal thing you're no, ever no, going to hear. Course, no. uh, and like I say, it was it was just um, you know people say, oh, it's very complex. It's this that now. You don't have to to complicate matters. This this is proper. This is how you should do it. And they and they and they crashed along with it very nicely. I went for Dawn Raid. Uh, seven. Seven, yeah. Um, someone that I only discovered through writing for Cat and Tim yeah, at another Razor's one. Edge. Yeah. Another one. That's the good thing that we've been turned on to a lot of this new yeah. music. And it was Dawn Raid, yeah. Band, three-piece from uh, up in Liverpool. Oh, okay. Uh, anarchic black metal band. They are proper just black metal, kind of fo- quite folky, but um, elements. They've got a violin. Um, which works really well with a really aggressive, brutal black metal. And it's just a, uh, a lot of the lyrics about anarchism and anti-capitalism. Um, not always your cup of tea, but they're just striving to 
make the world a better place in their eyes and that's got to be a good thing whether mm. you agree with their politics or not but the music just very Bang powerful on. yeah very good and i saw them at the um black heart i think it's a black heart oh camden, okay little venue in camden yeah awesome live show awesome so yeah awesome. really good to have got onto them number six for me overkill wings of war wings of war yeah yeah just classic overkill i thought really spiky sharp riffs screaming vocals fr sounds fresh as a daisy mm. just sounds really good um what song was what was the first song off the yeah not the first song the first single off it i can't remember what it was called now but as soon as i heard that i was just like this is i've got to get this album it's brilliant um and i've just liked all the all the songs off there believe in the fight is my favorite one second tune just really almost groovy in a pin. way head of a pin is good yeah the song they're called distortion as well uh which is it's like really sort of classic thrash not a ballad more melodic but still just you know it, it, to call it a ballad if anyone else were to hear it go, mm. that's not a ballad fuck mm. off but as far as overkill that is as close as they can get to a ballad but didn't that's you have, fucking great didn't you we had the opportunity to ask Bobby Blitz some questions yes and you asked about the lyrics to Head of a Pin I did yeah and he didn't elaborate too a, much did he he was quite evasive about it yeah um, and H sort of like said yeah he's not letting you in on that one yeah. that's something quite personal go on Carl yeah. go on Carl um, don't know where that comes from but yeah he I think he, he alluded that there was something quite he generalised his answer mm. to to answer my question but uh, didn't give anything away what are you going to do I still yeah. don't know what the fuck it's about I don't know whether it's about is it is he religious is he not is he and I don't know is it an anti-religious song? Is it a pro-religious song? Did we ever find out if COC were religious? I think we put it out there, didn't we? We put it out there. I don't think. I don't know. A lot of religious. I think a few people did say, "Well, no, it's uh, you know they just." Yeah. Not I, that it matters, like well, we said care. before. You yeah, know? it doesn't bother me one way or the other. But yeah, so overkill. Uh, Cult of Luna for me. Uh, oh metal yeah. Masterpiece, a band that I've never really. I've always songs that are about twenty-five minutes yeah, long. Yeah, for years and years, a band mm. that I've always heard of, probably from the early two thousands, but never actually. Is this the one with uh, the the female singer, something Christmas guesting on it? Is that is that Cult of Luna? Uh, is this the album that you? I don't remember. A oh, female okay. Singer. She, oh, okay. It might be in the background, you know, giving harmonies and that, but she's certainly not. Um, not okay. like I'm aware of no. Okay. Uh, yeah, just a real kind of strong post metal masterpiece, really. Where the songs quite immersive, you know. You can't yeah. just oh, just have a quick two minutes listen to this. No, you know, you can't jump in and out that one. You know, on the way to work, it's a real kind of submersive experience. Mm. I know that sounds wanky and bollocks, but it's a proper, you know. You yeah. Just, it's a, a real indulgence. Not indulgence. You really. Um, it ain't background you. You got to. No, you got to exactly, get into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not messing around with it. But I, yeah. I always joke with my um, with with. I was going to call him my brother-in-law, but um, Jim Hall from Sumer. Sumer, yeah. He always goes, yeah. He loves Colt Luna. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh yeah, you got to go and see him. And he, he always falls into the trap. He goes, yeah, yeah, I really like him, mate. I really go. I said, oh, Jim, when you go to that gig, mate, yeah, 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 take a fucking good book with you because you're going to need it. <laughs> Fuck off, you prick, mate. <laughs> And he does it every fucking time. He can't help it. <laughs> but um, yeah, they are. They are. They're decent. I like. But I've got to be in the mood for that. To yeah. Be honest. Yeah. Right. Number five. This is a surprise for me because I thought this would be up in the top three at least yeah. when Zentrex. Because Zentrex are my favourite thrash battle. Mm. Certainly were back in the day. Love them. 
and uh, they've released a new album. Played with your conscience a bit, putting them at number five, did it? It did, yes, it did. But I couldn't leave the the top four are are set, and mm. I can't really leave. I can't really. The album is quite. I don't want to say it's mid-paced. That's the wrong word, but it 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 just. I don't know. It 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 doesn't spring out of the traps. It kind of just. Because it, it took me three or four listens to mm. get into it, I was thinking, "Fuck, I don't like you know, I don't like this very much. This is shit." Um, no, I didn't think it, I thought I was shit for not liking it. I mean, they're my, one of my favourite bands for fuck's sake. Mm. But um, as I got more into it, I was going, "Oh no, 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 this is good. This is this is good," and I genuinely like it, and I like it even more because of that because I had to listen to it three or four times to even sort of like get in the door, sort of thing. So yeah, I do like it. I uh, like uh, the more. I think they've got like almost like a progressive edge to them as well now, and um, yeah, and they've still got like the commercially more commercially traditional thrash songs as well. So, but yeah, the, I think that just. I think this year's been great for for for, for albums, thrash, for thrash, and it testament to that because that is at number five where any other year if that was like that's that's top one, top two, top three certainly. I went for Alcest. Um, blackmail kind of yeah shoegaze don't listen to a lot of blackmail <laughs> it's just at the end of the year it kind of there was a whole load of uh, releases that okay. seemed to be a lot of around um, Christmas time isn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> uh, it's not no I mean there's a lot more going on than, than I mean it certainly is a blackmail outest it's kind of what what can be called as that kind of blackened shoegaze you know there's another subgenre blackened shoegaze taking that um you know the indie kind of my bloody Valentine stuff from mm. the late eighties. She's a ride. Yeah, ride yeah. exactly. Um, and add in that those kind of black metal kind of um, glass beats and they um, wear... high tremolo, the tremolo guitar in, but shrieking. But then some lovely, beautiful strings. It's just a lovely, great record. Corpse paint. No, no corpse paint. Oh no, no, they're just no. uh, the quite a normal looking. Duo okay. blokes who probably in the live setting have because they played Damnation Festival, I think. And, oh, okay. Yeah, they're they're oh, okay. pretty respected, but very well respected. Alcest. It's a great album. Yeah, Alcest. Um, on four, number four, Agnostic Front. Get loud, I think the album is called. No messing around. No, there. You know what about. you're gonna get. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But they just again, just they they sound like they like. 18, 19, you know, they come bouncing out of the traps, full on hardcore, you know, and you know, like I say, you know, you're going to get your mid-paced sing-alongs, yeah. you know, you're going to get your minute and a half fucking fast as lightning songs, um, you're going to get your sing-alongs, great, it's just a, it's a fucking cool band, yeah. and someone, you know, two guys that are so into it, and are just genuine straight up, mm. just, I, you know, I, I couldn't stop listening to it, it was great. Great documentary that one. Yeah, God, Godfather's yeah. of Hardcore. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was great. Really interesting that one. Four from Agnostic Front. Uh, Leprous again, a band. Black metal. That, uh, no progressive. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, kind of they a lot more prog uh, metal than anything really. And this is an album that was um, uh, at first a lot of people saying, "Oh, was, you know, they've got they've changed a lot here because it was a lot more mellow, a lot more vocal centered." But it's an absolutely amazing record. It really is. There's so much going on in terms of uh, progressive stuff going on. Uh-huh. But there's pianos. Oh, it's just a beautiful record. Is I don't it? Really, unwa- yeah. And they, I'm saying beautiful again, but progressive. Well, they're longer songs. Oh, there's a couple at the end that are kind of. I think there's a nine or a twelve. Were you into them beforehand? 
aware of them and mm. had, you know, dabbled with some of their previous two oh, okay. albums, but it was only through getting this to review that I yeah. listened to it. And then I went to see them to review it again. Oh, yeah. In, um, at London Ulu. Mm-hmm. I was hard pushed to choose this or the uh, Acid Rain one for the um, gig of the year. Oh, really? Okay. Experience because they're so good. They used to be um, Aizan, or Ayasan uh, from Emperor. Oh, okay. Um, his backing band. Oh, so right. Okay. They're unbelievable musicians. So they know what they're doing. They certainly do. Okay. Brilliant album. It's called Pitfalls, if um, any of our two listeners want to. Um, okay. Yeah. Recommendation yeah. there. Neil, if you want to. Um, yeah, get that one and then buy and the whole back catalog. <laughs> <laughs> he won't like it. It's not thrash. Okay. He's really up for the Annihilator album at the moment. Oh, is it? Yeah. He, he said it sits between Never Neverland and Alice in Hell, doesn't it? Best one in 30 years. Best one in 30 years. That's high praise. Mm. Although they haven't had much to kind of go on in the past, yeah. other than trying to rip off Metallica's damaging. Yes, true. Number three, Phil Campbell. Uh, not with the Bastard Sons. It's his solo album, and it's where he gets a lot of guest singers in. So he's got uh, Alice Cooper. He's got um, Rob Halford. Um, he's got Nick Oliveri. He's got the guy from I was going to say Dub War, but what's his other band called? Skindred. Skindred. He's got that fella in there. Benji. Benji, and just uh, just a fantastic album. He, I mean, I love Motorhead, and like I said, I hope the Bastard Sons play some of these tunes because they are that good. And there's an acoustic one at the beginning, which is absolutely fantastic, which sort of tells it, sort of, but sort of like a biopic of his uh, of his life and so on, and um. Motorhead had, had a similar song called Whorehouse Blues, so he can definitely play like a blues acoustic mm. guitar. And it's absolutely fucking brilliant. Loved it. And uh, I hope we get to hear these live. Mm. Does he play many shows? With the Bastard Sons he does, yeah. He's, he tours quite extensively with them. Um, and they've done loads and loads of shows, actually. But I, I he's coming round again, but he's doing a Motorhead set. Okay. So he litters the Bastard Sunset with Motorhead tunes. But I think this next time round, he's doing a full Motorhead set. But I would like to hear him play this. And is that accepted? You know, there's are people quite happy with that? Because he was, I mean, he was, he was yeah. Motorhead. So yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, I don't know, really. I don't know. I mean, I don't think anyone... You know, obviously he, he's not playing the same sort of venues Motorhead played, but um, the few sort of Facebook groups and feedback I've got is people are um, accepting of it mm. and liking it. But um, of course, he was always one that took longest to accept. You know, people sort of seem to think they, you know, Wurzel left the band, who was very much accepted, and Phil Campbell was always kind of like the outsider. But in the end, if it wasn't Phil Campbell, there wouldn't have been a Motorhead. So, mm. you know. If anyone's got the right, yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. And you can hear it. You can go, this is a Motorhead riff right here. This would have been on the next Motorhead album if uh, Lemmy had, uh, had struggled through. So there's my three. Third place for me, Downfall of Gaia. German, progressive, um, post-metal. Oh, listen. It came out early in uh, the start of the year and it's been with, with me throughout the whole year. It's never gone out of kind of listening radar. It's never gone out okay. of thinking this could be. It's always been up there as a top three or something. Possibly one of you know one of the favourite albums I've heard in in years. Uh, it, only the strength of the top two that kept it off being obviously right. you know, number one. It's just so much going on. You know, if you if you like um, if you're listening to this and thinking black metal shit, that's fair enough. A lot of it is shit, but 
give some post black metal. Post black metal. Some well produced post black metal. And that's what that is, is it? Yeah. What was it again? Downfall of Gaia, the yeah. ethic of radical finitude. Jesus, that does sound like a proper straight up black metal album. Yeah. Title and title of album. It's yeah. It's and, all a bit of a fun it's it's like I've said to you before, it's a foreign language to me, black metal. And to me still, mate, there's so much in there, mm. but I kind of dipped my toes in and I I was intrigued at the culture of black metal. When I used to get on the train to go to college back in the kind of um early 90s when they, mm. they were burning all the churches I'd yeah. read it in Kerrang I was thinking these fucking idiots yeah, I was into death metal and thrash metal at the time yeah. so black metal was rubbish the yeah. music yeah. is so basic and simple but now I was I, always interested in that kind of the the mystique and the culture mm. of it mm. but certainly never into the uh, the music as a big thing until fairly recently and um, yeah okay definitely worth checking out Downfall of Gaia okay if I'm in a black metal type of mood, I'll give that a spin. Give it a spin. Doesn't have to be a black metal kind of mood. Just it's a oh, really? lovely, yeah, lovely. Uh, it's atmospheric. It's well produced. Is it like Emperor? In, in parts, yeah. Yeah. Can be. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Number two, typical, topical, Death Angel. The typical, new Death topical. Angel. Typical, so a human, human aside. Absolutely love it. I wouldn't say it's straight up thrash metal either got some thrashier songs on there but there's also some songs that are just straight up metal really and they cover that kind of crossover from straight up metal into sort of like the uh more commercial sounding thrash sort of stuff but every song is different you can distinctly hear i know that sounds stupid but you could put the running order in any running order you liked and you'd go okay yeah this is yeah. you know more than you know there isn't like shit ones at the end or it doesn't play out there's very distinct songs, great riffs, great solos, and I, I, you're gonna have to say the guy's name, the surname of the guy, the singer, because um, what Death Angel? Yeah, is I'll, it Osagada? Osagada, just a great vocalist, just fucking brilliant. And when he was at Bloodstock, man, he owned it. You know, it's like watching. I was say lucky enough. I only saw Ronnie. He was having a ball, wasn't he? He was <laughs> loving it. He was yeah. so into it. I was right near the front as well, and he was going on that little bit that sort of jutted out a little bit, and. Um, he was, you know, he had his eyes closed and he just had all of these, you know, almost like in the palm of his hand, do you know what I mean? That's how I kind of felt like it. And he did remind me of when I went to see Dio. I only saw Dio once and um, it certainly wasn't in a bloodstock situation. Um, it was at Wembley Arena. But I just felt that, you know, if you were going to sort of write a heavy metal thrash musical, he would be the fellow because mm. he just commands the stage and he just loves it, man. He's yeah. really into it. So, and it just comes out in the album. Just think it's great. They were good at Bloodstock. They, they were great. They were good. Band of the day, definitely. Um, I went for Acid Rain number two. Oh, Age of Entitlement. Okay. We've been involved. We haven't been involved at all. We've been privy to getting updates from H, you know, the, 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 the bollocks mm. and Patreon. And it's been really interesting being part of that journey. I know I've said it before. Yeah. I'll say it again. Uh, from the very initial days where we'd seen demos of him and Pete at Pete's place doing the, yeah. you know, we wouldn't see it. They'd just give us a snippet. But it's been great being part of that journey to feel, uh, to then see the final thing. Yeah. Really. And here in H then, it's a very strong album. It's one, you know, really proud of it. And as a fan, I'm thinking, is it going to be good? I hope it's going to be good. Mm. I'm sure it's mm. going to be good. And then coming out and it just blowing. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And it can't be just us that, uh, I know we listen through rose tinted. Acid rain tinted glasses. Acid rain glasses. tinted. Um, as as know, John Andrews said to us, yeah. Headphones or whatever. But 
um, it can't just be us that are enjoying it. Surely it's that good. You know, I know mm. it's rose tinted, but surely it is that good. Mm. And yeah. I know it's like H has alluded to in the podcast. You know, it's mm. a very, very maybe it's a, a very uh, British sound. Yeah. But it's still one hell of a British yeah, yeah, thrash metal. Definitely. Isn't it? Yeah. British thrash metal sound. It's just one hell of an album. Yeah. And so pleased that almost like when it did come out, it was as strong as we yeah, hoped it was. Definitely. And when those first reviews came out, it was like, yes, yes, it's yeah. going to be good. It was and I think Jace yeah. Lewis as well, the production on it, yeah. awesome, mm. awesome. He should take awesome amounts of credit. Awesome amount massive amounts of credit mm. it's just a fantastic album yeah enjoyable yeah. um serious thrash yeah really good yeah there's not no clowning around on this one is there and it's yeah just a see that was my number one so flip flop to, okay. to, to yeah. my number one that was my album of the year uh, again each song in its own right could be on on the live mm. set um, each one very very distinct you can sort of like harm or say what it, oh yeah yeah I know that album yeah. even if you didn't know the title and after two listens you go oh yeah I know the one you mean um, I think Jace Lewis's production is smack bang in the middle of this kind of cookie cutter kind of mm-hmm. it's not that but it's got elements of that but it's also very kind of organic as well and he's sort of like in the halfway house there so he's got the best of both you know because if you go completely organic you lose something and if you go completely computerized you lose something but it's bang in the middle there H's vocal performance best ever you know he's never put anything like that down on record before ever so really good uh, vocal performance great riffs and uh, yeah I, I mean it came out we all loved it and then, you know, the tour was going to follow. And then for whatever reason, not Acid Rain's fault, as it turns out. It's just, you know, they want to get this momentum going. And they got kind of kicked in the bollocks off, you know, just as it was uh, oh, you know, really going. Yeah, when it was gathering pace, when they needed it the most, they got a kick in the bollocks, didn't they? But it has come out now because they're doing the, the cancer show, aren't they? The, the Mosh for Cancer, mm. which we're definitely going to try and investigate more with as it stands right now definitely going to go to it they've got a European show haven't they in France somewhere there's one in Ireland isn't there with and then the big one in Ireland yeah like a festival in Ireland um, which is out with Coroner and Zentrix which is <clears throat> uh, brilliant what a what a what a fantastic build that is so they're starting obviously to get some good better gigs anyway mm. better gigs is that the right word for some more high profile gigs because that's going to be a high profile one so um I hope it pushes on from there because I, I hope it does because while the momentum's still there, it yeah, be lost because it's such a good album, it yeah. needs to be heard, definitely. You know, and there's all us bleating on about it. I know we're big Acid Rain fans, but it's a fantastic album. It is a fucking brilliant, love it. <coughs> and you've touched upon my um, your number nine was my number one Opeth. So oh right, okay, yeah. Pretty much what you said. There's just so much going on. Loads, loads, yeah. The riffs, the um, yeah. Is it a concept album? I don't think so. It's not. It's just separate kind of songs, is it? It's a real return to form as well because they've kind of uh, the past three albums. I think since Watershed, they've they they've kind of continued down that seventies inspired psychedelic, definitely froggy route that a lot of people are distancing themselves from. It's still great albums, but mm. you know, there's a lot of people that want to hear some of that heavy riffing. And, yeah, you know, there were hints of it. You know, like yeah. Sorceress, the yeah. recent album. Mm. Um, and this one, no, it's, it's just 
I think they've they've got a lot of that. They've got they've kind of mixed it in with a lot of that emotional kind of pull you in crescendos, big epic yeah. sounding stuff. His yeah. vocals are just sounding as good as they ever have done. They're just some yeah. wonderful warm vocals. Um, yeah, so much going on. And they do a Swedish and an English version. The Swedish version quite interesting because though I can't what, speak, the whole album. Yeah, do they? And though I can't speak Swedish. Yeah. It adds a different dimension to it. You can't have a clue what's going on no. but it's quite interesting there's vocal different vocal things going on as oh, well right. um is it do you know whether it's the same lyrics i think it is yeah oh okay i think they've literally just changed them yeah okay where they work they can mm, yeah yeah because obviously there's going to be length of sentences yeah 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 that's what that's what so i was going to say is it down slightly yeah okay no it's really interesting really interesting um awesome well, thanks for that little indulgence for if, um, if the two people that are now listening are exactly. fucking self-indulgent oh, no. our podcast and those two cunts are talking about. But some of the some of the albums that the Might members... Get, maybe some people can put their top ten on. Well, they, they, put, do, they do the top they three, did their top three yeah. And there was there was a few that, that went for Possessed. Yes. When Possessed came out back in July or yeah, May or yeah, June, yeah. I was really I really enjoyed it. Really liked it because it was a strong album. Then I just... As it happens, you discover it dropped something out, else it? dropped yeah. out. Since was then, a black think, metal progressive. Brian, <laughs> <laughs> since then, Brian or someone has been talking about. Yeah, they put it. In. Well, Brian only voted for possessed. He didn't. He didn't vote for anything else. And I've listened to it. it a few more times. It's really. I've really enjoyed going back to it. Really good. It's full on, isn't it? That one. Yeah. It doesn't let up. No, it's good. Mm, I enjoy. I listened to that one when Brian said about it. I said one of those ones that I put on the list. I thought, fuck, I haven't heard it. Yeah. So I did listen to it, and I did. It's it's. You know, it's not. I'm not a massive possessed fan. I have to say, but I did. I did enjoy listening to it. I'd, I'd go back to it. So that's. It was a good recommendation. That one. No, it's good fun. Right. So we are coming to the end of this beautiful podcast. We are, produced. but but um, one thing that we got to do that's not going to make any any sense to people that can't see it. We could video it. Oh, yes. we were supposed to do the Christmas podcast and yes. do what we just did then. Like the yes, top, 10. top ten didn't happen, so I've been hanging on to something here that um, you know the members it's like a presentation, yeah, like a presentation, and uh, you'd like to come up to the stage, Mr. Carl Black. Oh, thank you. So um, Tim Finch, as we know, is a who raises edge. Yes, uh, Tim and Cat, but Tim is also a photographer. He is, and um, <laughs> <laughs> um, he sells some of the his photos that he. he oh, okay. So um, I've been saving up for the past year and i've um got you that one mate oh there's kiss yes it well, hurt me to spend my oh, that's a great money shot isn't it and i got you that one. Oh, scott ian at blood so, so these are ones that um thank you very much tim has taken and uh, yeah they, they're a christmas present oh thank you very much you're welcome mate so um, well, i appreciate that mate can you get them signed for me oh you can i you have to pay a couple of you have grand to pay a couple of grand scott ian will do it scott, yeah. scott ian will do it yeah that's great he's great for photographer isn't he tim fantastic i think he's just got a bit of a gig in uh doing was it clutching kerrang as well yeah oh yes he did yeah he got yeah. into kerrang that was awesome so yeah thank you mate that's You're great welcome. look at gene simmons that's a good photo isn't it yeah lip syncing though heard about the controversy yep. I think I said that before oh, that's brilliant can I take it yeah take there? it so yeah if anyone else that, um, definitely worth checking out Tim Finch um, put that away mate that will, that will www.timfinch.net for a lot of um, rock photography oh, put it in there. there you go mate thank you mate lovely thank so, you very yeah. much and do you want to say what, what Christmas present I got you 
Oh, well, yeah. What, the, the bottle of vino? Yeah. But not just any bottle of Not vino. just any bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a uh, Slayer one, wasn't it? Yeah. Fantastic. The raining blood. Yeah. Haven't had it yet. You haven't had it yet. We'll, well we were going to have it. We were going to have it, weren't we? Maybe but... we'll take it to Bloodstock or something like that. We can have a sip out of it. Yeah, but he'll have a lug out of it. Yeah, meet John and Frenchie, and then it'll be you're gone. You'll be gone. Yeah, yeah. Well, they'll have it away. But yeah, we can all sort of like pretend we're like sixteen, and we all got to have a lug outside like yeah, something yeah. youth club. But that's um, Bloodstock is obviously six, seven months away. Yes, but Will we're definitely going to be going there on a Saturday, aren't we? We're de- definitely doing it on the Violence Day. And There's been a few more bands been added as well. Yes, Con- Conjurer. Conjurer, um, like Conjurer, yeah. They're good, sort of modern, sort of death metal band almost. They're on Holy yeah. Raw. Yeah, quite a sludgy kind of, yeah, a lot going on. Doomy. Um, a Ginger yeah. on the Saturday. Yes, they're on the Saturday That'd as well. That'd be good. That'd be good. I reviewed Ginger's, a new album. They're, that's, they're good. They're a lot really of good. Though. Yeah, yeah, they're popular at the moment, aren't they? So that'd be good. Uh, violence are sort of like, Third from the top, isn't mm. it? So it's Behemoth. We'll be in the car. We're away then. Yeah. Um, and I would have, I'm going to see Slipknot on Saturday, all being well. And um, Behemoth are supporting. Mm. Uh, my wife, who doesn't. So, well, who, who's on before Be- Behemoth? I don't. I think it's just Behemoth and Slipknot, as far as I know. So save yourself. Just don't even go. What to Behemoth? And slip- Slipknot. Yeah. No, no, we're going to Slipknot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to record one of Slipknot's thrashier songs like oh, I did yeah. with um, and stick it on the end of the next podcast I think there's a song is... called Surfacing yeah like, that's if they play that it's a great song I think that's the last one I'll be in the car to avoid the, yeah. uh, the traffic okay is that the one where they all sit down and jump up no that one? no because no. that fucking lasts forever and I'd rather just get away in a motor to be honest yeah. and I'm on the balcony sort of thing so no. uh, getting the seats but um, yeah so what, what were we talking about Slipknot uh, oh Behemoth so yeah so we're and who is it it's not Powerwolf. Who's between Behemoth and Violence? What, a Bloodstock? Yeah, Bloodstock on the Saturday. Is it like a power metal band? And I think I mentioned to Tim, and Tim said, oh, yeah, they're really good. And I went, do they dress up? And apparently they do. So it's uh, a bit like Powerwolf. Like battle Beast or someone, is it's it? It's somebody like that. It's, you know, there's a... Bloodstock go mad for, like, the European kind of battle metal. They do, don't they? Uh, not... And it goes down well, but it... Not really my bag. I think I may stay and watch those. And if I'm so inclined, I'm not sticking around for Behemoth. Not, I, you know, I can't see them sticking around for Behemoth. No. So who's on the Well, oh, Paradise Lost are on. That, yes. Are they on before violence or after? I'm not sure. It might be. Oh, maybe I've got I'll my be... wires crossed. Maybe they are underneath Behemoth. Let's have a look. Let's have a look. On Let's... the violence day. We've got. Behemoth, Paradise Lost, Very Tomorrow. So very, they're just a kind of... They're um, like a... Uh, bit like Parkway Drive. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Well, yeah. same Parkway Drive. That's a cheap... Um, they're quite a metalcore kind yes. of band. Uh, Violence, Ginger, Silosis. Oh, Silosis, yeah. Toxic Holocaust. Toxic Holocaust, don't they? Yeah, that'd be good. And Conjurer. Okay, so not a bad bill, but it's all about violence for me. And then on the Sophie's, Sophie stage isn't really doing it on the Saturday. There's all we've got is cattle decapitation. Oh right, okay. Memoriam. They oh, play. Hell. They play old school death metal from Birmingham. From Birmingham, yeah. Okay. Fucking hell. Ramage Inc. and Winter Fileth. So. Black metal. 
Then that's progressive black metal. You'll be up for that. I think it's atmos- what's Ramage Inc. Then I think it's atmospheric folky black metal. And Ramage Inc. I think they're thrash. Oh, are they? I think okay. so. Okay, that's cool. Memoriam. Uh, they're old school death metal from, from Birmingham, England. From Birmingham, England. Okay. Uh, I'm not seeing them again. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> right. So where are we at? What are you listening to? Well. I finally submitted my review that I've had for about a month, with it being Christmas. It was, um, believe it or not, it was um, a black metal band from Russia. From Russia? Yeah. And I was quite pleased to do it because they're self-releasing their new album. Oh, yeah. Yeah, a really small band. So, you know, if I get out to my review gets to an extra five people. Yeah. And it pushes someone to support them. That makes it all, that's great. So, yeah, they were called Lahon Absurd. The absurd oh. man, really interesting. Progressive black man. Yeah, definitely a progressive post black metal. Okay. Was there any fiddles in that one, or any any there was weird no, instruments? No, it was pretty straightforward. But okay. Um, other than that, um, Soen, who are a progressive band, um, fairly Opeth sounding. I think okay. there's a link from Opeth there. They released an album back in um, 2019 that I think Neil Bolton had him as their oh, okay. uh, top yeah. album. Um, and since he's put that on there, I'll revisit that. It's a fantastic album, really good. Other than that, not an awful lot. Not an awful lot. It's just, you know, without mm. sounding cliche, there's a lot of, on Instagram, there's so many recommendations mm. for bands, mm. for music, mm. and there's a lot of stuff that I'm listening to, kind of, believe it or not. Post black metal. Post black metal. Post black metal. There's a band called Altar. There's a band called Illyria, Australian. Okay. Um, metal band. It's yeah, just um, Vahara, Dodstrit, just lots of lots progressive of... black metal. <laughs> the up and coming scene, obviously. Yeah, what about yourself? So I listened to the Illyrian album you lent me. Bit Lamb of God, I thought. Some riffs in there that have taken good on now. Yeah, it's good. I enjoyed it. Really good. So um, listen to that. Um, I, I've been listening to, is it Big Scenic? It's, I think it's a Big Scenic something or other. That's something I've got from, uh, Kat and Tim that I will be doing reviewing after my phone stops playing up. Um, and that is Nick Oliver. Okay. Uh, Nick Oliveri and the guy from Fu Manchu. Right. So that's pretty cool. Um, what else was I listening to? Obviously Death, uh, Death Angel listening to a few of their albums so really enjoying those as ever but also of course lots of rush yeah you know the sad passing of neil pert uh, i was lucky enough to see rush twice and they he was just a fucking monster absolutely brilliant um heard about it and instantly played all the kind of songs that uh, that sort of resonated with me and stuff just just so sad really that he, he the way he went Obviously, they finished touring. He kind of distanced himself from the band. He's quite an interesting character. I don't know if you know that he, no. he obviously they're from like the early the seventies kind of prog rock sort of stuff. And he was obviously he, he married and they had kids, but he then started to resent sort of like around the eighties, I think, period, um, sort of mid eighties. He started to resent the band because he t- took so much from away from the kids and then his wife and child mm. tragically died of like some yeah you know like, i don't know if it was cancer or something but they tragically died awful and he just got on his motorbike and just you know like forrest gump does when he just runs that's pretty done with his motorbike and like the other two members of russia what the fuck is he we can't have rush without neil mm. pert because uh, he writes all the lyrics as well 
So he's an absolute brilliant lyric writer. And uh, so then he sort of came back. But I think, like H said, he's read his autobiography and he loves his life, but just hates playing with Rush, you know, mm. because he sort of, he, he, he takes his warm-up very seriously. Like, he warms up like three hours before they go on stage and then does three hours on stage and he's just fucked by the end of it. I bet. So he's... Um, he, he hasn't he hasn't played with them for a long long time, and they, the band's pretty much gone. But I'm just wondering whether Rush will do a farewell tour with who's the old drummer from Dream Theater, Pontum, Mike Portnoy. Portnoy, he is kind of like because he's Canadian, right? And he's I believe, and he's kind of like a protege of of. Um, yeah, he's Pearl. probably a, if anyone could step in, maybe I don't know enough about the kind of. Yeah, rush I, situation. But I think that would be a farewell kind of tour mm. situation. Definitely, I would love to see it, and I would go and see that. I know it ain't Neil Peart, but he, I mean, the gentleman can play. Can't yeah. So, but yeah, they're really good, really good. So there's a there's a feature on um, was it Paul from Razor's Edge Stop Rocks done a done a piece yeah, on he did, as well. Yeah, he did. Nice as did uh, John McIver on oh, okay. the Guardian, which was oh did he? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, it's, it's interesting reading it because I'm not a, I'm not a Rush fan. I've got a few records and I you know know a few of their stuff. And you've told me a few of their songs to check out. Mm. And that. Um, but yeah, it's just always sad when someone that's you see them in their prime in their yeah. pop. It's just you know, and it's just well taken away. Yeah, and just think of the the the, the gifts that he's given. Yeah, it's, yeah, you know. it's all there for you. Yeah, it's a it's a back catalogue as well. Yeah. So go and check that out. Absolutely. Did you check any of those songs I recommended? Yeah, the the Snow Dog and Tour. Oh, Tour by, and by Snow Tour and Snow Dog, yeah, yeah, fucking brilliant. I did because I, I put it on record the other night. And the, oh, you got Fly by Night? Yeah, the one with the hour long. Yeah, 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 Fly by Night. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought, oh, I've got that. I'll try that one. Yeah. You said, yeah. So no, it's it's cool. I quite enjoyed it. I just can't quite get past Geddy Lee's vocals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's very much uh, yeah. And it's strange because you know I like Priest. You know. Yeah. I even liked a bit of Three Inches of Blood with Cam Pipes, the kind of Canadian <laughs> high-pitched right, okay. trash band. That, you know, ah. But, yeah, it's just something about Geddy Lee. But amazing music, amazing yeah. music. Yeah, yeah. I see, I quite, I quite like Geddy Lee's vocals, but, yeah, I can see why they're difficult to get by. Oh, who's that? Another Instagram. He's on the gram, is it? Possessed. Liked a... Liked something in... You know, Instagram. Oh. That might be Jeff Bacara. Oh, no, we're talking Wouldn't about Wouldn't that be yeah, something, That would be great, yeah. Let's, yeah, that'd be brilliant. Anyway, that's a way to end it then, isn't it? Possibly getting a like on Instagram from... Um... From Possessed. Wow. Wow. Anyway, yeah. Right. It's been fantastic. It's been a long one, but... Yes. Probably be a long one next time as well. But yeah. Happy New Year to all the listeners. Yes. All two of you. Neil. Neil. Tim, Kurt, yeah. Neil. Everyone. John. Yeah. Have a good Scotty, one. Scotty, maybe. Brian. We'll see you all soon. Rob. We just name names and yeah. hope they're listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've reached this far. Absolutely. All right. Nice one. Until the next time, eh?